We were created with Zoe life to live eternally. Adam and Eve made, given a commission on the earth, given the tree of life to sustain them as they did so. And we see no implication that they were supposed to die because it's when they rebelled against God that it said, in the day that you eat of that tree, you're not supposed to eat from, in that day you will surely die. Well, what died? Because they didn't actually kill over dead when they ate from the forbidden fruit. So what you would see then is what died in them was the Zoe life, the eternal God-begotten life within them. That died. That was severed from their biological existence. And that severance, that tearing has been felt in the history of the world ever since then. It's been the ache of human nations and cultures and the cause of wars and greed and all kinds of malicious events. That's what died. We were meant to live forever as human beings. But... We have a disembodied Zoe, if you will. (laughs) And it's seeking to come back. And the maker, as John begins the gospel, is saying the maker who gave you life in him was life. He made everything that Zoe life was in him and put in everything. He's asking us to return. The one who gave us life is asking us to come back to life. So the problem is, though, that we're dead we aren't living forever and so some of the solutions in human history have been uh, there's there there are three i'm going to give to you uh the first is independence and this is really nothing more than what caused the problem in the first place in fact albert einstein said that no problem can be solved by the same conscious that created the problem and so Adam and Eve wanting independence from God to do their thing. It, that idea of humans still trying to be independent from God and say, it's all about me. It's all about I, I can do this. I do what I want my life. What developed was religion and religion was trying to solve that. I me, my problem the same way with I me, my I'm a good person. My good works. I'm going to draw near to God. I'm going to get into the system. I'm going to get there. I'm going to make God like me. And so we try to solve the problem with independence, this centering on the self, the centering on the I. And there's just been a multitude of different versions of this. If you look at the religions of the world, it's just a multitude of versions of the same exact concept. We are going to independently find that life that we lost. But then somewhere along the way, Jesus comes, Christianity is birthed, and we see a different way. We see the way of dependence and that God comes to us. And it's no longer about I, 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 but the person who meets God now says, you, you, you. It's about you, God. It's about how you can help me, about your power in my life. I yield to you. And so the independence graduates into dependence. And we begin to rely upon God for things. And we look to him. This is this the whole message of Paul saying, you're saved by grace through faith. And it's not you. It's not your works. It's nothing you do, lest, us, lest we could boast in front of God. No, it's his work. And we're completely dependent on his work. That's where many of us are. And that's not a bad place to be. That's a great place to be. But there's actually one more step. 
Because sometimes, and we all feel the tension, and we know some of the frustration of those that say, look, I just received grace from God. Don't ask me about how I live. <laughs> and this is where there's actually, that's, that's your entrance, okay? Out of religion and into relationship is when you start to depend upon God. But then there's something else that needs to happen to make a relationship actually fruitful and meaningful. The relationship's never just one-sided. It's reciprocal. But you're saved, okay? Get it straight, that your salvation is God's work. But the relationship comes into fruition when I begin to work with God. And so the idea is, we were trying to get Zoe life back on our own, independence, but then we learn to trust God for it with dependence, and he gives it to us. But then we move to the third step of interdependence, when we realize we have life given back to us, but now we want to participate in that life with God. And so we walk in good works. We do good things. We love people. We serve The whole thing that we were trying to do from the very beginning now makes a lot more sense because we're doing it with and through and out of the life of God. We're not doing it to gain the life of God, but we're doing it to participate and experience the life of God. But see, here in phase two, where you have dependence on God, um, we've got the life, but some Christians are not actually experiencing living eternally now. They're just, yeah, heaven's a thing that's going to come. I'm going to kind of live my life until Jesus comes back. And it's this gap, right? It's this, I was a sinner. I met Jesus and I will go to heaven. But this gap, we don't really know what to do with in the middle. But interdependence says that this gap, the reason we're called to do good works, the reason we're called to be, fancy theological words, sanctified, the reason we're called to look more like Jesus, in other words, is that it's the pathway to enriching and feeling and experiencing and participating in the eternal life that we will receive then in the moment. And I hope that we can grab this because when you teach a room full of high school students at a Christian school who feel like they have to abide by dress codes and not say certain words and blah, 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 and different things, right? There's this viewpoint there in adolescence that, the rules of Christianity are just all like this morality, like you have to do this kind of stuff to make God happy kind of thing. No matter how much you preach against that, it just it's like ingrained in them. And it apparently takes 30 years to that get ungrained out of you. <laughs> but, what, but we need to set the tone. You know, they're learning from somebody. And we need to understand that when the Bible calls us to do and be things, it's not this is how you get blessing. This is how you earn God's favor. This is how God's not a vending machine, okay? He's not quarter in, coke out. It's he's asking us to do these things so that we can partner with him. Interdependence. That's true relationship. Now, I go through all of that. Because, well, this is where the incarnation becomes really, really relevant. In that God is this amazing being. And then he becomes accessible. And it becomes real. And it becomes realistic. And it becomes, well, human when he takes on flesh. 
and walks among us and talks and jokes and eats and laughs with us and shows us how to live. We often have this image of God kind of just kind of coming down out of the clouds. Well, of course, through the virgin conception and birth. But, you know, we think he comes out like as this glowing baby. It's all unique. And he was a baby. And the only people that cared to visit him were shepherds who were, by the way, the equivalent to Western cowboys and Indians in the day. Like they were just like the outlaws. Like we do what we want. We trample on other people's fields and let our sheep poop and eat there. And like nobody likes shepherds. Nobody. And this is who Jesus gets to come welcome him to the earth. Shepherds. Like there wasn't really anything apart from an angelic annunciation. He was a human boy. But we kind of get this, like, you know, thought that, like, yeah, but he was God the whole time. And he was. He never gave up his deity. But, you know, we look at the miracles, like, well, duh, he's God. But let's be straight here. If he's God, like, his miracles weren't actually that impressive. I expect God to do much bigger, showier things. He came as a human. He was a total human. And this is where it becomes powerful because we see that the... Godhead, his character, the life he's given us can be lived in my common skin. We talked about the theme of John being this new creation and that Jesus comes as the word and he comes and he's speaking words and he's doing seven creative acts and we see it all moving somewhere. The decreated, like the like people born blind are becoming recreated, their sight's being restored. We see people that can't walk are walking, right? We get this thing where there is actual creation happening. A new created order's coming and Jesus then resurrects the, the true human body right there with Zoe and Bios life dwelling simultaneously in harmony humanity and god together and he's in the garden just like the original adam and eve in the garden as they walked with god there he is god in the garden and mary's there awake with him and new creation we see what jesus is doing he's bringing this new order into lives into the world and we have that concept and it's glorious but what John wants to remind us of the incarnation is, hold on, this is meant to actually touch down on earth. The two sides of the V meet and they're on the earth. But we sometimes get theology. We get doctrines. We have our beliefs. We have our faith. And they're all like these celestial ideas and they're floating up there. And, and we think, you know, I kind of know what I'm supposed to believe. But in reality, like Dr. Jacopuzzi did a creation class. He's a doctor, okay? That's where that stuff resides. Uh, the pastors, they've got like these theologies handled. Like I'm just a human trying to live in the world. And, and at most we kind of grab these ideas and they float in our head and we kind of get them. We kind of don't, but they're there in our head. And this is phase two. Again, this is phase two. This is dependent religion. This is okay. I've received what I'm supposed to believe and I have it good. But interdependence happens when these beliefs take on bodily form. In other words, God wants the things he's given us and the things we believe about him to actually take on flesh and blood in my own life. I need to learn incarnation because Christians are absolutely horrible in their vernacular with the rest of the world. We don't know how to dialogue with worldlings. 
We don't know how to dialogue with worldlings. Hey, uh, are you saved from what? Are you washing the blood of the lamb? That is disgusting. Like we have these cliches that mean absolutely nothing to a worldling. And see, we're living on the two ends of the V up in the heavens. And we don't understand earthling language. We don't understand how to bring our Christianity and put feet to our faith. And I don't just mean like, oh, I'm going to apply it. But like, like literally, like it's becoming who we are and we're walking it out. We don't understand that very well because we look at incarnation and say, well, that's just what Jesus did 2000 years ago. He did. But incarnation needs to happen in the birth of every Christian as John said that we're born not of sex, not of the will of man, not of blood. Like we weren't born in, we're, we're reborn in a spiritual way, in a Zoe life way, just as if it's our own virginal birth. Jesus was born in that virginal way. And we have this unique birth, this unique born again experience in Christ. And I don't remember where I was going with that. <laughs> But it's true nonetheless. <laughs> I, I, I paused. You thought it was perfect. I was pausing, like saying, pull up, pull up, pull up. I was like, eject. <laughs> All right. Um. <laughs> okay. So, but the way though, the way though that we get incarnating our, putting, putting flesh to our faith, putting a body to our beliefs, incarnating our doctrine, the way we get to this is we become that which we believe. That's the idea. We, we emphasize a lot, believe, believe, believe. And that's right, but that's phase two, right? That's the dependence. That's the, it's all God, God, what he did for me. I believe, I believe all this. But phase three, interdependence is when what we believe uh, actually takes on a body, my body. I become that which I believe. And so we say things like, I believe Jesus is the son of God. I believe he gave me like grace and life and Zoe life. But listen, it's nice to believe all that. But are you actually going to let the Zoe life come into you and live out through you? Are you actually going to live like you are a child of God? Or is that just some like, oh, it's like a nice allegory for meeting a religious figure. This is the beginning of book one, the book of signs, remember? And it says... The word of God, uh, the word became, there you go. You know, to believe you've got to become, that's incarnation, becoming something. The word became flesh and dwelt among us. You go to book two of John, John chapter 13. So part two, it opens up the same way. And many theologians have, have observed this point that John opens in chapter one with the word becoming flesh. So this this descent coming to earth. And then in chapter 13, we have another descent and it's Jesus physically acting this great theology, this great belief, this great doctrine, this great idea of incarnation. In chapter 13, Jesus actually does it. He, he, he takes off his clothes, puts on the, t- the servant towel, and then it says that he stoops down, he goes downward, he descends. And as in, in part one, when God descends to the footstool, his footstool, the earth, so Jesus descends to God's footstool. Then here in chapter 13, Jesus descends to the feet of humanity and he begins to wash their feet. And you see what's happening is Jesus is literally becoming that which we were asked to believe he is literally descending and he's enacting the incarnation that I left this position to come and be a servant and to come and be down to earth with you, even where the foot touches the earth. That's the idea. 
that we start to do, we start to incarnate, we start to literally put feet to our faith. That's how we're going to participate. That's how we're going to say, not eternal life then, but live eternally now. That's how it's going to happen. The question we must now ask is, are we letting Jesus wash our feet? Are we letting him show us how it's done? Are we just leaving him to some lofty theological concept? Peter, you might remember, it's 13 verse 8. Jesus comes to wash Peter's feet. And Peter's, "Mm, not me. And what does Jesus say? If you don't let me do this, you have no part in me. And sometimes this is the hardest thing for us to grasp is that when we become sons and daughters of God, when the Zoe life inhabits us and we're born again, it's actually a descent, not an ascent. Phase one religion, independence will tell you, it's all keep climbing, keep working. It's all ego-driven. It's bios life. It's what Paul called the flesh, the works of the flesh, the works of the law. But Jesus descended. And when we get the Zoe life, he's calling us to go with him to the feet where the feet meet the earth. Wash it. Go for it. And we realize that that's the true way to life. And that's what John is showing us in this gospel. Zoe life might sound like a significant thing, but honestly, it comes down to us and teaches us to keep going down to help other human beings who are living in these lofty, like independent ways of getting my Zoe life, bringing them back down and saying, that's not it. It's about interdependence. Let's walk real theology. Let's live God together. Remember I said, we're already spiritual beings. It's about learning to live human. It's about learning to live like Jesus on earth. That is how we do it. So we have to let Jesus wash our feet. We have to realize, oh my goodness, he descended that low and go with him there. That's how we live the incarnation. We take on, we become that which we believe. And when you do, that is what new creation looks like. That's when you know, like Paul, he who's in Christ is a new creation. The old bios independently driven life is gone. Behold, the new Zoe interdependent participating with God, incarnating beliefs and doctrine and all beautiful stuff. That's when you enter the garden. That's when you're in the new creation. When we become that which we believe So Jesus is not just offering us life after death, but life before death. And I ask you to walk in it with me. Not easy, but we practice it. We practice it. So let's not be afraid to descend and to become that which we believe.